It's always a privilege to be with the uh, Nazarene Bible College family. And uh, over the last several years that I have had an opportunity to serve uh, as Director of Pensions and Benefits USA for the Church of the Nazarene, uh, we have um, realized the importance that your work has to do with our work, and hopefully you will understand the importance that our work has to do with you throughout your ministry. Uh, the Church of the Nazarene, like nearly every other, nearly every other denomination, um, and yet early in our history, the Church of the Nazarene made a decision that they would have uh, an office, an administrative process, programs in place to come alongside clergy families, both active and retired, and uh, to assist with various types of benevolence and benefit programs. We, uh, we, we started that as a denomination in 1919. It was an early part of our DNA. And it is a privilege to serve in that capacity and to, uh, to work with the clergy of this denomination and especially to work with uh, those of you who have been part of Nazarene Bible College. Um, if we could calculate all of the money that has come into pensions and benefits from churches that have been pastored by alumni of Nazarene Bible College, it would be in the tens of millions of dollars. And so thank you for the support that you provide to us so that we can do the work that uh, the church has asked us to do. The um, scripture that I would like to bring to your attention this evening uh, is uh, taken from the 21st chapter of John. And um, uh, we're, we're lifting some, uh, some discussion uh, out of some dialogue here that's been taking place between Jesus and Peter, and John gets brought into the process. Have you ever been in one of those conversations where you're just standing there kind of observing two people talking, and then all at once you realize, whoa, I've been, brought, you know, I've been drawn into this thing. Somebody, you know, somebody points at you, and suddenly you're part of the, the process. Well, that, I think that's what was happening to John. Uh, Jesus had been talking to Peter, and it's this famous passage where they have their dialogue back and forth, and, and Peter is charged to feed the sheep. And uh, Jesus tells him, when you're old, they will you know, dress you and take you where you may not want to go, but regardless, follow me. And I think Peter's uh, discomfort is kind of getting up there a little bit. Uh, believe it or not, it looks as though Peter may for once, not like being the center of attention. I don't know, but it just kind of seems that dynamic is happening. And he looks at John and he says, what about him? What about him? And we pick it up there at the 20th verse. Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back on his bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you. And so Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, If I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Therefore this saying went out among the brethren that the disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to them that he would not die, but only if I want him to remain until I come. What is that to you? I like the theme that uh, you have for these days. Finish the race, keep the faith. Uh, that's, that's a great theme. 
And um, I would like to propose to you that if you're going to truly finish the race and keep the faith, you need to make sure you're running the race that you've been called to run. Every one of us is different. We have different gifts and abilities. We know that. We can look around and see that. But sometimes we get confused in looking at each other in ministry. And we compare ourselves to others. And I think at that time, Jesus says to us, don't worry about that. You follow me. I would propose to you that if you're going to run your race, there are some things that will be important for you to do. First of all, if you're going to be successful in the long run, you're going to have to find the place to run. Not all places are the same, but a race is defined by its place. Um, sprinters run differently than distance runners. I, I have learned that over the years uh, just in watching some folks uh, and, and I, I know that if you're going to run a sprint there's a particular type of runner you want and if you're going to be mar in, a, in a marathon competition there's a particular type of runner you want and I also have observed that some people run long distances just as a series of successive sprints. Maybe that's how you run. But there is a place for every race. And you have a place. And if you're going to finish the race, you need to find that place. At your, um, uh, at your Bible college graduation, there is a, um, a process that I observed here a couple, three years ago now. Uh, where uh, the graduates come out dressed like various of the apostles and stand at different points around the crowd and tell about that apostle. It's a very enlightening time. I suspect that the students are selected to portray the particular apostle because there may be some similarity between their personality and what tradition tells us about that apostle. I would assume that might be the case. Don't lose the significance of that. It's more than just a ritual. That's a, that's a teachable moment. That should reinforce you for all of your ministry that you have a place, uniquely yours, and if you're going to be successful, you need to find it. As the, um, as the director of pensions and benefits, uh, part of my responsibilities include reviewing service histories when people are getting ready to retire. Uh, we still have some benefit plans that base the benefits on your years of service. And so we have to look at service histories. I have been looking at those service histories now. I've uh, been in the office since 1983. I probably have been looking at those service histories when people come to retirement um, about 20 of those years. Uh, year in and year out, every week, I'll look at the half a dozen or a dozen histories of service. It, it's an interesting thing to see when you when you see somebody's ministry on two pages eight and a half by eleven pieces of paper right next to each other and it just 
tells us where they served, how long they were there, credential they held. And over the years, I've observed some things. Now, this is not scientific, okay? Nobody has ever done any, any uh, credible scientific research on this. This is just one guy's observations. But I've been doing it for a while. And I've noticed that there are some patterns that develop. Those that go the longest tend to have a pattern of maybe a year or two or three in their first assignment. And, and, and then they go to their next assignment, and maybe it's two, three, maybe four or five years. And then they go to their next assignment, or maybe their next one, and something clicks. And it's eight, nine, ten years. And then they finish out with a long assignment at one location. I've seen that in service histories for hundreds of ministers over these years. And, and it hit me one day as I was looking at that. I'd looked at a number of them, and it, it, it hit me. You have to find your place. And, and there's nothing derogatory about that. But place is so important, and we need to find the places where we fit. And the good news is, the God who has called you, called you. And if he called you, he has a place for you. It's wonderful. I recently have been reading um, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's latest book. If you've not read any of Gladwell's books, they're, if nothing else, they're entertaining. Okay, he's kind of a pop sociologist. Uh, his first book was entitled um, Tipping Point. His second book was Blank. His latest book is entitled Outliers. And it's just kind of a sociological study of the dynamics around success. And he, he blows away some myths, quite honestly, for our culture. But one thing that he spends a lot of time talking about is the impact of our formation as people in where we grow up. Now that just seems pretty obvious, but he, he really gets into that even to the point he does a study with airline pilots. And he can pretty much predict the success of airline pilots based upon the culture in which they've been raised. Success for airline pilots is kind of critical, especially if you're the one flying with them on their plane. You always want airline pilots to have their takeoffs and landings to match exactly, right? And, and even something that critical, their formation as a person, where they grew up, place. Finding place. Well, place is important when you race. Pace is important when you race. We already mentioned something about sprinters and, and um, marathoners. I, I think Peter was a sprinter. I just kind of have that in terms of his personality. Peter was a sprinter. I think John was probably more of a middle distance to long distance runner. And if, if he had tried to switch their assignments, I don't think we would have the church we have today. Can you imagine what it would have been like with Peter on the Isle of Patmos? I, I just don't think we would have gotten what we have. Okay. And so you have to have the right pace. And the course, the place, can determine the pace. 
I, uh, I do a little bit of running. Now, I'll be the first to give you a disclaimer and tell you that I am not a runner. Okay? I run for exercise, but I am not a runner. It's kind of like people who golf, but they're not golfers. I was one of those, too. Um, you know, but I, I run, but I'm not a runner. Uh, once a year, I, uh, with uh, some other family members, actually sign up and run in a 5K race, which is a little, little over three miles, and we compete as a family in this race. And I'm, I'll, I'll be glad to tell you, everybody else that runs is younger than me, and I don't come in last. Okay, I will tell you that much. The first year that I ran that race, I was unfamiliar with the course. I was unfamiliar with the place. I was unfamiliar with the fact that even though it looked relatively level, there were some inclines that really caught you on the long back stretch. And I was so full of adrenaline when I started that race, I, I was just zipping along. In fact, when we got to the midpoint and they were calling out the times, and I heard the time as I went by the midpoint, I thought, my goodness, I've never run this distance that fast before. This is wonderful. I, you know, I've just found my pace. And then something in the back of my brain began saying, you're going too fast, you're going too fast. And the last 200 meters of that morning, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I had given everything at the beginning. I had nothing left. I'd lost my pace. If you're going to finish the race and keep the faith, find your pace. You may be a sprinter. You may be a marathoner. You may be a middle distance person. And, and let me just give you a hint here. Churches tend to go through periods of time where they're sprinters or middle distance or marathoners, or they may actually have a history of being sprinters or marathoners. If you're a sprinter and you go to a marathoner church, um, you may have some interesting board meetings. I'll just tell you that, okay? You may have some interesting times. Find your pace. And then I would say to you, once you've found place and pace, if you're going to finish it successfully, you're going to have to find personal grace. We're all very much aware from Scripture and tradition that none of the apostles were without some shortcomings. Jesus didn't call perfect people. He called human beings. And even after Pentecost, they were still 100% human. And... and you know enough about church history to know that um, the church is always at its best when grace is at its highest. But if you look at the low points of church history, those tend to be periods of time when grace has been pretty much on the bottom. And if you look at a lifetime of ministry, success will be when you're able to find personal grace. I mentioned that I do a little running um, because of um, who I am. I've uh, realized that uh, at my age, I need to listen to my body. And sometimes it speaks louder than what I would like to hear. 
And a few months ago, I had been running and had not warmed up and cooled down like I should have, and I was pressing. I was, you know, for, for, I didn't have time to do all the stuff you're supposed to do, and so I was kind of pressing the envelope. And just, my knee hurt. I, I hurt my knee. Well, I was scheduled to go to the doctor for um, something else altogether, so I thought, well, while I'm there, you know, I'll get my money's worth out of this trip. And so I said to my doctor, you know, I, my, my knee hurts, and I've, I can't run like I want to run. Is there some pill you can give me? Is there a brace I can put on it? Is there an exercise that I can just keep going and not, you know, not break my routine? I'm fortunate enough to have one of those doctors who has never had an ounce of fat on his body. So when he says you need to diet and exercise, he means you need to do that. And he's been very encouraging in the process, but he looked at me and uh, kind of gave me that look that I've watched over the years that, you know, I'm about to get some good advice. And, and he said, you know, if you were a young man, you don't want to hear that. He said, if you were a young man and your scholarship depended on it, I would tell you, just play through the pain. You'll be okay. But he said, you know, the three words you never want to hear your doctor say at your age, why don't you just get off of it? Why don't you just let it rest for about 10 days and let it heal so that you can keep running in the long run? You're not going to benefit by continuing to press that thing. And it hit me. You know, without making allowances for sin, there are going to be times in life, in your ministry, when you just need to get off of it. You know what I'm saying? You're just going to need to give yourself some time to heal. There's no magic potion. There's no magic formula. There's no seminar you can go to. There's no book you can read. Just give it some time. Give the Holy Spirit time to work in your life and heal what's happening. Because if you keep trying to play through the pain, you may not finish the race. Find your place. Find your pace. Find personal grace. And every step and every move that we make, if we can move, move in the rhythms of grace that providence allows for us, we will be able to finish. And we will be able to finish full of faith. God bless you.